0: We're still, as an industry, growing in enormous proportions. In normal years, we have a 20% growth. And we're seeing the same growth in other countries that have big pet populations, whether it's the UK or Germany or Italy. And right now, South America is exploding in pet growth, in pet humanization. And the services part of the business has just exploded also. People are going to the vet more often with their animals because they want their animals to live long, healthy,
1: happy lives. And
0: they're seeking advice more than ever.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looking Forward, opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. If that describes you, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a freelancer, a startup or small business, a well-established company, a nonprofit, or even someone thinking about a second or possibly a third career, this is for you too. You see, here in Looking Forward, we focus on global trends in the future, but most importantly, on the opportunities they're creating. Our guest experts will not only tell you about those opportunities, they will also give you some tips to help you take the first steps toward capitalizing on them. I'm your host, Jeff Ostroff. Hi, everyone. Are you a pet owner? Hundreds of millions of people all over the world are. Whether you own a pet or not, there are enormous opportunities out there for you in the pet industry, which is, by the way, a $30 billion industry. Having been involved in all aspects of the pet industry for 57 years, my guest expert, Phil Cooper, knows all about these opportunities. Hope you'll enjoy my episode with Phil and get lots of ideas from what he shares. To learn more about Phil, please listen to the episode and check the show notes. Now, before we get started, I want to say a few words about our sponsor, Superpass. Do you make podcasts, video courses, or other content? Well, that means you need your own engaging website and mobile app for everything you make. And Superpass can help. Turn your followers into superfans and paid customers. Elevate your brand with your own stunning website and mobile app. And with SuperPass, it's never been easier. SuperPass is the most powerful content app maker on the market, and now you can try it for free. Or, like me, you can be on one of their other plans. Enter code LOOKING FORWARD, all one word, all caps, LOOKING FORWARD, and get a 10% lifetime discount on any of their plans. Go to superpass.com. That's super with an A, superpass.com. And hey, if you want us to mention your organization on the show, please contact us for more details. Okay, let's get started. Well, hi, Phil. Welcome to Looking Forward Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Hi, Jeff. Good to see you again. I'm
0: glad to be invited back and happy to speak to any topics we want to discuss today.
1: Phil, it's a thrill to have you back. You have been one of my favorite guests. I love your topic. I love pets. So this is going to be a fun time for me, and I can tell that you're going to enjoy it too. Phil, you're an expert on the pet industry, and some of our listeners may not have had the good fortune of hearing you before You were one, I should have checked this, Phil, but I'm going to say maybe a couple of years ago. It's been a while, it was during COVID, of course, because I started the whole podcast during COVID. For those who didn't hear our first episode or maybe have forgotten if they did hear our first episode, can you let us know briefly when and why you first got involved in the pet industry?
0: I'd love to. I'm a pet lover. My parents indulged me as a young boy. And way back when in ancient history, I had monkeys and pets. I had a parent that was in a family for 72 years. We had all kinds of creatures. And I think that's one of the reasons I got into the business. I started as a keeping aquariums. You can see one behind me. I still, all these years later, 56 years later, still have an aquarium, have a couple of fish ponds. I still love what I do very much. I started as a retailer, was involved nationally with many well-known pet firms, built a number of pet firms myself. Today, as a consultant, I help people launch new items. I help people from concept to finished product to get things produced. I help big investment firms on how to invest in the pet industry. I uh, give advice of all sorts, all kinds of people. And I'm very active with two pet firms today that were relatively young firms that we got involved with that were startups, and we've done extremely well with both of those. And we'll talk a little bit about those down the road. I still love pets, and what I enjoy most is if I travel on a plane, if I talk to people, and they ask me what I do for a living, and I say, I'm in a pet industry, and they say, the pet industry, what do you do in the pet industry? Can you make a living at that? And yeah, you sure can. And who doesn't like to talk about their pets? Most of the time, people bring out their smartphone and they show me pictures of the dog or the cat or whatever. And I'm just as bad because I'm still as passionate as ever about the benefits of animal ownership, responsible animal ownership, and the benefits of the humanization
1: that has taken place with our our loving animals that we all uh, love dearly. Yes, Phil, and you've seen a lot of changes over the years. Phil, you've been doing this, how many years now? 57 years this year that I've been involved in the
0: pet industry. And I'm the lucky one because I've lived my hobby my entire career. And I still, like I said, have aquariums. I've got pets. I've had every kind of animal imaginable. And it's just a whole lot of fun. And it's still a passion. And I tell my kids, I tell my friends, anybody who listens, If you're going to be happy in life, you got to live your passion. And if you're lucky enough to find a passion and uh, monetize it in some way, you're going to have a smile
1: on your face for all your life. Bill, you're so right about that. And you're also right when you use the word lucky because most people aren't so lucky. I will tell you very briefly that my passion is what I'm doing right now. The stuff that I'm involved with right now, voiceovers and podcasting, interviewing great people like you. I also want to let everybody know that we're going to have a video clip of Phil, so you'll see a little bit of that aquarium that he's talking about here. And a 72-year-old parrot, boy, I wonder what kind of diet and exercise program he was on. <laughs> well, it was crazy. My ancestry, my grandmother was Polish, and she
0: had a very broken accent. And she, the parrot would copy one-sided phone conversations. Cause she, the parent would hear my grandmother speaking to a friend on on the phone and she would go ahead and duplicate that. And it was the funniest thing. And as my brothers and I grew up, when we went to visit our dear grandmother, first place we went was to the parent's cage. And uh, today people would roll over because my grandmother fed sauerkraut and human food and all kinds of things aren't the best diet. Hey, 72 years is not too bad in a lifespan for that bird. Not bad at all.
1: Phil, if we think about the trends that have been taking place since you were last on, and they may be some of the same ones that we talked about during the early part of COVID. 2021, we were still well into COVID. What has changed and what might still be the same in 2023? globally when we talk about trends in the pet industry?
0: Well, we're still, as an industry, growing in enormous proportions. In normal years, we have a 20% growth. And we're seeing the same growth in other countries that have big pet populations, whether it's the UK or Germany or Italy. or And right now, South America is exploding in pet growth and in pet humanization. And the services part of the business has just exploded also. People are going to the vet more often with their animals because they want their animals to live long, healthy, happy lives. And they're seeking advice more than ever. Us baby boomers, now that we're, not all of us have as much income to spend as we used to. And some of the older baby boomers, their pets have passed away. And they haven't chosen to replace them for a variety of reasons. I can't imagine my life without a dog and a cat. Uh, no matter how old I am because of the joy that they give us, but this has created such a demand so that the millennials and the Gen Zers, they're spending more money now than the baby boomers did to have their animals uh, live long, happy, productive life. And it's some of the millennials have chosen to have pets instead of children, and that pet is taken the place because it's they're easy to take care of. They're cheaper than sending a kid to college and all the things that parents do with their <laughs> children. But the trends in most countries, humanization is continuing dramatically. They want people and their animals to have healthy relationships and long-lived uh, lives. Another trend is people are supporting brands that they trust. And with the brands that they trust, Those brands
1: are seeing phenomenal growth. Phil, that's really fascinating about millennials and Gen Zers actually spending more on their pets than baby boomers did and about how some may not be having children, but they look at their pets as being like their children. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll see pets enrolling in Princeton. I don't know. I'm not predicting that, Phil. But you're talking a lot about something that I think you touched on a bit the first time you're on. If you could briefly explain to those people who may not be familiar with this, you're using the word humanization. What do you mean, Phil?
0: Well, pets, like I said, uh, many people are putting them in place of children or they're treating them as their child because they're living longer, more productive lives. So by humanization, I, they're taken everywhere. I mean, 20 years ago, dogs, large dogs were kept outside in a, in a dog house. Today, we don't see many dog houses. Because the pets have all moved indoors, and my dog's got a bed in the living room, got a bed in the bedroom, got a (laughs) bed in the garage, got a bed near me. And I'm a four-bed household now where I used to be a one-bed household (laughs) with my pet. And one of the other trends is pets now are sleeping with their owners as well in their own beds. I never wanted my bed to smell like my dog, but who am I to say? My daughter has a Labrador that sleeps with her every night, and... You couldn't have a better relationship. So that's humanization. Training your dog to respond to your needs. And it's unconditional love. And that's the best part of having a a dog or a cat. Cats still have owners. They have a staff. But uh, the humanization of dogs, they really respond accordingly. They're right near you all the time. They follow you. They listen to commands. Not every dog does, of course. But the humanization has gone into the Gen Zers and millennials now want their pets to use the same multivitamins, the same supplements that they use. I read recently a trend where the Gen Zers and and the millennials don't have time to cook dinner. So they stop and buy a meal ready to go before they go home from work. But they also can go to a Petco, who now has 300 kitchens nationally providing fresh food meals for pets so they can pick one of those up and take it home, put both in the microwave and they can feed their dog that way. And the fresh food growth has been dramatic uh, as the
1: demand to keep these pets living as long as possible. Wow. I do want to say on the personal side that I have had in my life, one dog, 16 years, hurt so much. I never wanted to get another one. This was growing up had to take the dog to be put to sleep. And uh, after that time, because my girls wanted us to get them, we got a cat and she died tragically very young, but I since have had four cats. The last two have died in the last maybe seven years and it hurt so much. I said, that's it, I can't do it anymore. It just, it's so painful. Uh, Well,
0: I understand it is painful. Seeing your best friend pass away and a member of the family, there's that humanization again. I know what you're going through. I've done it myself. My current dog that I have is a pug. I had one before that I had for 16 years and passed away. Like you, I was heartbroken. I waited for a year to decide whether I wanted to have another dog. And I kept saying, I can't live without a dog. I've always had one. And so we started looking in a shelter to find another rescue. Couldn't find one. So I got the first puppy I've had in 30 years. I forgot how much work it was. But I'll tell you, this dog now is the best dog I've ever had. I'm born a puppy because the bond that I have with this dog is absolutely amazing. And I would tell you and I would tell my 94-year-old friend, have a pet, someone that you can talk to when no one else is listening because they're not judgmental. They don't have opinions and they're just going to lick you anytime
1: you come close and love you and
0: How do you go through life without that?
1: Yeah. Phil, just going back to what you were saying about trends and how the growth in the pet industry is occurring in a lot of different places, I was intrigued, particularly by South America. Could you say a little bit more about that, please?
0: Yeah, South America. It's interesting to me as I watch how the businesses differ by country, because in South America, here we have pet stores and we have all sorts of options by product and to get an animal. There, most people go to their vet. The vets have big pet stores, big super stores, mm-hmm. and they not only have a merchandise for sale, but they have a, a wealth of services that they provide. So as economies increase, as incomes increase, people are spending more money on their pets and, and need of the services. Of course, there's some countries that aren't as fortunate in South America because of any number of reasons that we know about. But that market, pet population has exploded. There were some countries in the past that dogs were eaten. Now dogs are as revered there as they are here. And if you go to Shanghai, uh, it's a status symbol to have a dog that you walk at night, and they've got diamond collars, and they've got all kinds of things. And the cost of Ordering a dog there is $100 a night, where here it's still under $100 a night. But all the countries around the world where pets have been humanized, we've seen tremendous growth. And the trends here are the same there. As they get more animals and they find the love that they get, this unconditional thing, less children, more dogs replacing the children. It's happening
1: all over the world. Yeah, I believe it. When I think about how much people need intimacy they need a companion they need friendship they need people who or beings that aren't judgmental it all makes sense to me i really hope you're enjoying this episode so far if you are can you please do me a small favor let some of your family members friends or others in your network know about it and about looking forward opportunities for job career business and investment seekers And hey, if you happen to like this podcast, my interviewing approach, or maybe even my voice, please consider checking out some of the many services my business provides. These include podcast hosting creation and consulting, voiceovers, professional interviewing, production of audio or video profiles to help you sell your business, promote your services, increase your customers, or raise funding and services to help you market to the large and growing seniors' population. That's something I've actually written a book about. To learn more, please visit www.jeff-ostroff.com. You can also email me at jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Phil, our primary focus on looking forward is on opportunities. You are very bullish right now about what's happening, what you're seeing in the industry. Maybe even if it's possible, more so than when you were on a couple of years ago. What opportunities are you seeing out there for anybody from a job seeker to a career seeker to a a business person looking for an opportunity to an investor that could include also freelancers, entrepreneurs? Where do you see some good opportunities for people?
0: Well, as you said, I'm very bullish on the pet industry because it's been very bullish for me over the years. There's opportunities at every level. If you're a job seeker, I mentioned having that passion. Working in the pet industry is very rewarding, and and some of the younger people are starting out at retail, whether it's with PetSmart, Petco, or wherever, to gain some knowledge of products in general. And there's certain categories. Anything food-related, anything consumable-related, anything treats, people are looking for alternative proteins. We've seen insect protein interest grow dramatically, crickets and and other things. And that's still only 2 or 3% of the the market. But uh, the prediction based on that, because of the demand for meat, people are always looking for uh, more opportunities there. Also in pet wellness, Uh, Supplements and vitamins or services. Pet walking. Who would have thought that pet walking would be a big industry? But it's a big industry all of a sudden. People who have spare time are walking dogs and they're earning $18 an hour walking pets. And that was something we would have never predicted 10 years ago. And in the industry, as a manufacturer working trade shows, we always look for people that have a passion. We look for people that want to work. We look for people who don't sit in the chair and wait for you to interrupt them to give you information. We look for the person that's standing, brings you into the, the booth, tells you about the product. And if you've got that kind of drive, you can make a living in the pet industry and be happy for the rest of your life. I now see a lot of growth in the service level and by services I mentioned in my last interview uh, the do-it-yourself dog wash business has exploded. I happen to represent a line uh, called Likely Dog Wash. And we sell these units to, to owners, not only in pet, but also in vet, and also in gas stations and car, car washes and multifamily units. And people buy these machines, they put them in place. Uh, the cost of a wash is very inexpensive. And they're charging anybody from 10 to $30 for a 10-minute dog wash. And this, during COVID, exploded because people couldn't get into the grooming to get their dogs groomed. And when they did get there, it was 40 bucks to get your dog washed. So now it's going crazy. I've got a customer in New York City with five locations, do-it-yourself dog wash locations, 24-7. You can go in there with your dog, leave the mess behind, get a good wash, and then you can move and she's adding more locations all the time. So The service part of the business, whether it's washing your dog, is a great area for growth. As far as opportunities for uh, investors, both small and large, every year at the trade shows, we got a trade show next week in Las Vegas, there'll be 600 new manufacturers there exhibiting with new pet items. And next year, 400 of those will disappear and be replaced by 400 more. And we see very unique things, not only in pet food, or in pet treats, but also some unique device that everybody's got to have. I started with a small startup out of the Bay Area that makes a device to prevent dogs from choking on that last inch of a treat called the Bow Wow Buddy, and that has exploded. There's plenty of opportunities for small investors with small pet companies. I caution those folks to make sure you do your research to find out if there's a real need for the product. And I've got horse stories of people I've met who've spent a lot of money and never consulted anybody, spent their life savings and weren't successful because they didn't do enough research about the product at the time. But there's plenty of places to go for that. The big investor, we've seen a little bit of a decline in the M&A activity of late only because all the big investments are gone. The only ones that are left now that are doing more than $20 million a year are demanding gigantic payouts, which people don't want to spend, or people want to wait and see what the economy does and how that may change. And of course, with the economy, the way it's been, it does have and has had an effect on a lot of people spending. But when it comes to pet industry, they still spend plenty. Plenty of opportunities out there, plenty of ways to make money, plenty of ways to invest. A lot of great categories that are opening up. Highly recommend any and all of them.
1: Yeah, it's almost recession-proof. To pick up on what you said, would you say that there are franchising
0: opportunities? Absolutely. There was a, a small franchise that started in the Southeast seven years ago called Wolfgang Bakery. They started with one location. They recently sold out and they had 350 locations. I just read an article yesterday. They've just franchised California and Nevada with that organization. And I met a guy a month ago who now wants to open 50 do-it-yourself dog wash locations. And so there's plenty of opportunities with franchises. PSP, which is one of the fastest growing franchises, they were Midwest-based. They're now nationally based and they've added a couple hundred locations in the last couple of years. PetSmart and Petco I get asked a lot whether or not they're going to survive long term in their current format. The original format's broken and won't work long term. But what they've done is brought in services, hotels and daycare and uh, trading and all kinds of other things to fill up these big old boxes that they've had. And they seem to be performing quite well. The online business has exploded. And there's still plenty of opportunities there. One thing I mentioned last time that's still a very fast-growing trend is the uh, direct-to-consumer part of the business where people start with a small pet product, they sell it directly to the consumer, they sell it on Amazon, and they've got higher margins, they can keep the retails lower than normal. And that business has exploded uh, very much so in the last two
1: years. I'm blanking on the name, Phil, but what's the company? Chewy. Chewy? Yeah, Chewy.com. Oh, my. What an amazing story. What an amazing story. I'll speak
0: out of school a little bit, and I shouldn't, but I will. The investors for Chewy originally came to me and wanted my opinion on whether they should move in this direction or whether or not PetSmart was capable of driving this ship. And at the time, PetSmart had 1,600 stores, and Chewy was a major investment. So I gave them advice, and they invested in Chewy. And PetSmart tried to drive it and just didn't have the expertise. So they sold it and it's done very well. They are the number one online source for pet products today. Amazon number two. There's always a big struggle between the two. Amazon is always, who has more money than Chewy, is always trying to get the Chewy business. But Chewy has a customer service level that's second to none. And if your dog dies and they know about it, You'll have a dozen roses show up at your doorstep with condolences, and you can talk to a customer service agent for 20 minutes if you want about your dog and then buy product. It goes back to the old adage, customer service is everything, and today there's more online companies starting uh, who are providing customer service. The startup that I'm involved with, we have 5,000 subscription customers who will buy anything we sell because
1: they believe that we have quality products and can give them the advice that they need. Phil, I want to come back to these opportunities. As I mentioned, I've had cats as well as a dog. And I know you have mentioned a lot of things about dogs. So for those people out there who like cats, Maybe they have a cat and a dog, or maybe they have a bird. You had a parrot, a snake. You once had a snake, I think. Are there opportunities that relate to other kinds of pets?
0: Absolutely, there are. And Right now, cats is probably the biggest undeveloped market in the pet trade right now. We've got close to 97 million cats in the United States. I had four up until two passed away and now have two. Uh, Like I said, cats don't have owners, they have a staff, but uh, people are looking for better diets, people are looking for better toys, people are looking for a lot of information there. So anything cat right now is red hot in the industry. People are looking for new and unique. Used to be PetSmart buyer once told me that a cat owner was a woman over 40 who would never spend more than 10 bucks for a cat toy. I proved her wrong because I sold her a toy that retailed for... $39.99, Thirty nine ninety nine, which was the highest volume toy they ever sold, so plenty of opportunity in the cat category. There's another company in the industry called Zoo Med that in a it serves a cat category for reptile. Reptile growth has been phenomenal, whether it's lizards or snakes or turtles or whatever it is. Tremendous area for growth. The bird business is coming back. The aquarium business is, is on a real roll right now. And so all the categories in the business are are growing uh, at a pretty phenomenal level. Small animal too, is growing again in a very large way.
1: These are opportunities that are expansive. They go beyond the United States and North America. This is happening around the world.
0: It is. And when we talk about startups, I mentioned the, the dog wash business. I played Dog Watch was a startup ten years ago. We had twelve locations the first year. We now have almost seven hundred in the United States that we've got in operation, and in Europe over thirty five hundred. That area is just exploding. The new startup in the Bay Area was Bow Wow Labs with that safety device. They have treats. They also have dental items. They have a lot of different items, and started out small. Great growth, and there's plenty of those kinds of opportunities out there. I'll provide some websites for you that you can add to the website later.
1: Okay. Phil, one other thing before we leave the opportunities. I'm somebody, let's say, who invests in the stock market. And I'm thinking, geez, I don't want to buy a franchise or buy into a franchise or invest in some other business that might take off I just might want to buy a mutual fund or a stock or something that relates to this growth that Phil Cooper's talking about. Anything out there for them? How would they look Well,
0: yeah, there's plenty out there for them. But first I'll say I'm not a, a, I don't sell stock. And and what I may recommend, not trying to push anything in particular, because you still have to make intelligent decisions as an individual investor based on your research. And that's the most important thing I would tell anybody. In the pet industry, Chewy.com is a public company, and Amazon's a public company. Both of those seem to be good investments for many people right now. And I mentioned Bow Labs, who recently had fundraising events. If you're interested in pet industry options for investing, if they want to contact me, I can make them some recommendations. But there's plenty of opportunities out there in the pet industry
1: to invest in. Okay, that's great. Phil, looking forward is also about looking into the future. What are you seeing through the rest of the decade? Are you seeing uh, things continuing as they are? This trajectory of growth. Are you seeing growth and opportunities for individuals looking for jobs or careers? In a nutshell, what are you seeing? Well, continued
0: growth.
1: The forecast that all of the pundits
0: discuss is that the business. In the next decade, is going to grow by
1: $10 billion more, and we're already $30 billion in sales uh, internationally. Okay. Obviously, you continue to be very bullish throughout the rest of this decade. Phil, we don't like to just tease people by talking to them about opportunities. We like our experts like you to give them a few tips. Now, there are a whole variety of opportunities you've talked about different kinds of people, different kinds of opportunities. So wouldn't expect you to give 20 tips. But if you could give maybe two or three basic tips, you touched on a little bit of this earlier too. How would somebody begin to seize an opportunity within the pet industry? What would you tell them if you had a chance to sit down with them for a few minutes? What would you tell them to do?
0: Well, I'd first tell them to go to a trade show. We have two trade shows a year, one in Orlando. We have one in Las Vegas that are yearly trade shows. Both of these shows are very large. You'll see a variety of product in any of these shows. And I would recommend that you go to a trade show, you look around and see what's out there. I'd also recommend that you hunt and peck a little bit and go to local pet stores. And it's really based on research. Go out there and look for opportunities. If you've got a need for your own pet that you can't find out there, whether it's dog bowls should be more flat and they have up, come up on the curves rather than be deep dishes that pets can't get into, especially if they've got yeah. smooshing faces, those kinds of things, you can look for opportunities. You can talk to pet people and they'll tell you, boy, I wish there was something like this out there. That's a great tip because It it all gets back to the education of what the market needs out there. So you can read that. You can obviously go online and see what are the most popular items that are up there on the the webpage and make recommendations. There's plenty of opportunities. There's plenty of segments in the industry. I was talking to an old friend who invented the hamster ball. And and I forgot about the hamster ball after all these years. And originally, the humane groups didn't like the hamster ball because they thought it would cause people to misuse a hamster by throwing it across the room and seeing the hamster flip around. But in reality, he had a hamster that was seven years old, and that hamster maneuvered all over the house with that ball in his old pace and did a great job. Who would have thought a hamster ball? Yeah. But those are the kinds of things that people can look at. Uh, there's also new... Museum of Aquarium and Pet Products that's been opened up. That's got collections of pet items over the years. And sometimes I go back and I look at old items that were extremely popular, that are no longer available because now the millennials and Gen Zers don't know about that product. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes you can look at older items that could be reinvented, re-improved,
1: and relaunched and do very well for uh, pets. Those are terrific ideas. The only thing I'm going to add to that is something you said earlier, Phil. For somebody who's, I'll say, younger, or maybe they're in their second career or they're semi retired, they would do well maybe just getting started by working for a pet store or some pet shop, something, a vet working at a vet's office, whatever it is to get going.
0: I did the same thing. And that's how I learned about hundreds of products. I read the labels. I saw what they needed. People would come and ask me things, ask me for advice. And and that's a great education. And I used that and just kept leapfrogging in my career to the next opportunity. Because everything you do prepares you for the next opportunity. Absolutely.
1: Phil, this has been, as was the case with our first conversation, a great learning experience for me. I'm confident our listeners will feel the same way. I'd like you to let them know what's the best way to get in touch with you, learn more about you, your services, or anything else that you'd like them to know about.
0: Well, you're going to put my website and my email your website, and so I'd recommend you contact that. I also go out of my way to help new companies with advice. My reputation is that I will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. (laughs) So come to me with a pooper scooper and a flashlight. In an umbrella, I'm going to tell you to save your money because it's probably not the best thing to invest your money in. But if you come to me with something that's really spectacular that needs to be tweaked and made even better, I'm going to make recommendations for you, and I'm happy to do that. And I also have a uh, LinkedIn group called Pet Industry Sales Resources for experienced pet salespeople looking for opportunities, and I invite people to. Uh, Join that also and I publish regular opportunities on there. I'm not a recruiter. I don't get paid for it. What I do is try to put people together. And if they hire somebody, I recommend that I ask them to make a donation to the Pet Advisory Council. It helps the industry. They take care of all of our legal issues in, in Washington that ever transpire. And we want to give the, give it back to the industry because the industry has been so good. And we love animals so much. We want everybody to enjoy that relationship and that love as well.
1: Terrific. I would say to anybody that's listening, if you had the opportunity to speak with Phil about something that you're thinking about doing, whether he likes it or he doesn't, after doing this successfully in so many capacities for 57 years, I would give a serious listen to what he has to say. Phil, this has been wonderful again. Thank you so much for coming back to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers.
0: Thanks, Jeff. Hope you have a great day. And thanks everybody for listening.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I hope you've enjoyed it and will benefit from it. And if you did like it, Please share this episode with anyone you know who you think might also find it of value. And if you have any comments or questions about looking forward, or any suggestions for future topics or guest experts, you can reach me at the website www.jeff-ostroff.com or through my email address jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Thanks.